Welcome back to the 3rd and 15 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Timmerman. I'm excited about the show today, so let's just go ahead and get started. But before we do, let me remind you, the 3rd and 15 podcast is brought to you by Cali TV. Folks, you've been there. I've been there. You go to watch your team's favorite game. It's college football on Saturday. It's baseball in the middle of the week. It's it's maybe even NFL on Sunday, although not usually. But you go to watch your game, and it's on one of those channels, the ones that you don't get on your streaming platform anymore. And you've thought, man, I'm going to have to get cable again. You don't. You don't have to because Cali TV is here. For $25, no contract, no gimmicks, you get literally any game you could want to watch. So if you're interested in that, Hit me up on Facebook, find me on Twitter at JTIMM684, that's JTIM684, and I can get you connected with Cali TV. Now, let's get started with the show. This week, college football, the main theme, if I had to, I guess I guess it would be last week at this point, the, if I had to put a theme on it, it was just taking care of business. A vast majority of the teams that needed to take care of business just did it. Some of the wins weren't so pretty. Some of the wins were, were very impressive. But the main theme was the teams that needed to do it took care of business. That started on Thursday night with Pitt winning in overtime over North Carolina. Of course, Pitt's out of the playoff picture. But one thing we're going to talk about later, they're still very much in the hunt for an ACC title. And that matters to these teams. They handled North Carolina 30-23 to in a torrential downpour, at least late. Um, Kenny Pickett had an okay game, 25 of 43, 346 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Um, he also had a decent night on the ground. Nope, he did not. 10 carries, minus 11 yards. I'm just going to leave that in. I'm going to leave that mistake in, folks. I thought I remembered him having a better rushing night than he did. Did have the interception. Um, yeah, but the pit just handles business. They, they win 30-23, to 23. and at this stage for them, that's all that matters. I told you, they don't need style points. They're not in the business of style points right now. They're in the business of winning ball games and getting to the ACC championship game. Uh, Friday night, Cincinnati beats South Florida 45-28. to 28. That's not going to win them any style points, but as we saw in the rankings, it didn't hurt them either. Um, Desmond Ritter, 31-39, 304 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, and they, they just... The game was never in doubt. It was only a 17-point win. A lot of the committee would probably look for them to beat South Florida worse than that, but it was never in doubt. So I, I'm not super worried about that if I'm them. Running back Ryan Montgomery, six carries, 72 yards, and two scores. Big night for him. And Bearcats, they're still right there. Um, Saturday, Alabama did you know things to New Mexico State. Very, very early, It was uh, I think New Mexico State took a 3-0 lead, and it was a little bit hairy. A little bit, just just some eyebrows up. Uh, with 5:35 to go in the first quarter, New Mexico State scored the first points of the game to make it three to nothing, and then from there, Alabama just beat the brakes off of them, 59 to three. Um, Bryce Young, 21 to 23 for 270 yards and five touchdowns, very efficient. Um, just handled business there. Uh, obviously, New Mexico State's not a game that's going to win you a Heisman, but it, he certainly did enough to, to get those numbers into his stats. Getting five touchdowns against no interceptions into your stats in a game like New Mexico State is what you have to do to, to be a part of that conversation. Brian Robinson Jr. had a good game, nine carries for 99 yards and two touchdowns. 
In the receiving game, Jamison Williams, he's been a very good player for them this year. I feel like a lot of people were talking about uh, Mechie for them, but uh, Jamison Williams had six catches for 158 yards and three of those touchdowns that we talked about for Bryce Young's Alabama rolls. Um, there was no reason to talk about the game, but I did. Michigan takes care of Penn State 21-17. to Again, that's not as sexy of a win as it would have been a few weeks ago, but it's still a win, and Michigan's still alive for the Big Ten East, for the Big Ten, and the playoffs. All of that is still in front of them. Uh, the, really, the only true upset of the day, I mean, we, we, there were others, but Baylor upsetting Oklahoma 27-14. to Actually, I don't know what the line was on that game. Um, we're going to see if I can find what that was. Uh, Oklahoma was a favorite. Baylor wins. Hands Oklahoma the first loss of the year. This is something that a lot of us have been expecting. Uh, not a lot of people thought Oklahoma was a team the way they've played this year that would go undefeated, and they did not. Baylor uh, picks up that big win. Gary Bohannon, 12-21 for 117 yards, a touchdown. He did throw a pick. Uh, Caleb Williams had two interceptions for Oklahoma. Um, Spencer Rattler got in the game, four of six for 36 yards. Uh, and Baylor, I mean, the, the big story here, we don't talk a lot about defense. Uh, I, I don't anyway, but uh, other than when we're talking about Georgia, held Oklahoma to 260 yards total. There have been, not been very many games over the last several years where Oklahoma has been held to that few yards. So kudos to Baylor. Baylor picks up the big win in the Big 12. Baylor already has two losses. They're not a playoff team. Uh, or, I mean, they're probably not a playoff team. There is probably a scenario where Baylor gets in. There's lots of chaos. They could find their way in there. But for now, Baylor is, is not a playoff team. Um, but that's a big win for their Big 12 hopes. Um, Mississippi State beats Auburn 43-34. to The SEC West, and we're definitely getting into this later, the SEC West continues to be crazy. Will Rogers throws for 415 yards and six touchdowns. That's right, six to beat Auburn 43-34. to Bo Nix gets hurt. He's out for the rest of the year. Um, so there's that. Wisconsin handles business against Northwestern. 35-7. Utah stays stays alive in the Pac-12, 38-29 over Arizona. Georgia thrashes Tennessee, 41-17. That one, I was actually at, I'm a Mercer alum, I was at the Mercer game when this one was happening and did not know that at one point it was 7-0 Tennessee and then 10-7 Tennessee at the end of the first quarter. Um, and, and Georgia didn't take their first lead until halfway through the second quarter. And then they just... Put, put the gas pedal down and beat Tennessee 41-17 to to finish their SEC schedule 8-0. They're 10-0 overall. They are not going to lose to Charleston Southern. They are not going to lose to Georgia Tech. They are going to Atlanta at 12-0, and that means their ticket has been officially punched into the playoffs. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's possible that Alabama could, if Alabama were to beat Georgia or whoever wins the SEC West, were to beat Georgia by 30-40 points. Maybe that would be enough to knock Georgia out of the playoffs, but I, I don't see it. Ohio State, the upset-minded, the, the spoiler makers of Purdue, come into Columbus and take that 59-31 to beatdown. C.J. Stroud, 31 of 38, 361 yards, five touchdowns. Folks, he's making a charge for that Heisman. Uh, I talked about a couple weeks ago about how uh, coming up this week, we had that showdown for the Heisman between C.J. Stroud and Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, and, and Stroud did his part. He's there. Um, Trevion Henderson, 
15 carries for 98 yards and two scores. The Buckeyes also got a big day on the ground for Mayon Williams. He had 14 carries for 117 yards. Somehow did not find the end zone amongst all that. Uh, the Ohio State receivers have been just something else this year. Uh, Garrett Wilson on Saturday, he had 10 catches for 126 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Chris Olave also contributed 85 yards and a touchdown. And Jackson Smith and Jigba is how I'm going to say that. I apologize to his family if that's not his name. He had nine catches, 139 yards, and a score. So big day for the Ohio State offense. They continue to roll. Iowa beats Minnesota 27-22. UT San Antonio gets the big win over Southern Miss 27-17. Michigan State 40-21 over Maryland. Get back on track after a, after the loss to Purdue. Um, the aforementioned Mr. Walker, 30 carries for 143 yards and two touchdowns. Peyton Thorne, Miss, uh, Michigan State quarterback, had 22-30 for 287 yards and four touchdowns in the game. They got that offense stretched out against Maryland, and they're going to need it. Ole Miss gets the needed win, 29-19 over Texas A&M. They're not a playoff team. Uh, that, that, that's out the window, but they are a team that still has SEC West hopes. They had to beat Texas A&M to make that happen. Notre Dame beats Virginia 28-3. They're climbing. We're not going to talk much about them today, but they're climbing uh, in those playoff rankings. They're there. I don't think they're going to have the juice to get into the playoffs, but we know the committee loves them, so it's possible. I reckon Arkansas beats LSU in overtime 16-13. Wake Forest gets the needed win over NC State, 45-42. So they're still got that ACC title hopes. Uh, Sam Hartman had three picks. That's the downside. The upside is he went 20-47 of 47 for 290 yards and three touchdowns. And the Demon Deacons are right there. He also added 13 carries for 43 yards and a score. Uh, and they're running back Justice Ellison. 17 carries, 56 yards, and two scores. So the offense for Wake Forest does what the Wake Forest offense has done all year. Oklahoma State, 63-17 over TCU. That's a big win for the Cowboys. Staying alive, folks. Staying alive for that Big 12 championship game. Um, just a really balanced offensive attack. They spread the stuff around. Um, their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, he went 17 and 25 for 235 yards and a touchdown. He also added 15 or 10 carries for 53 yards. They had four different running backs score touchdowns, starting with uh, Dominic Richardson. He had 12 carries for two for 134 yards and two scores. Another quarter, another running back, Jalen Warren, 17 carries, 113 yards, three scores. Um, Jaden Nixon. Had three carries for 69 yards and a touchdown, a long of 63. I'm going to assume that's a touchdown. We'll see that. I'll check that in a second. Um, Desmond Jackson, 15 carries, 68 yards, two scores. Oklahoma State getting it done on the ground, not something we would have always thought that we would have been saying, but there it is. Yeah, Jaden Nixon, that was the last touchdown of the game, a 63-yard touchdown run to, to make it 63 points. That's fun. It's a fun little factoid. Uh, Oregon gets the big win over Washington State, 38-24 to get closer to that Pac-12 North title in San Diego State, 23-21 over Nevada. So that is the scores. Those are the scores, I should say. Um, that gets us set up for this week, which is a big setup, which is just a big, big week in college football. We're going to get into that in a little bit. The rankings. 
not a lot of change at the top. In fact, the top seven teams stay the same. Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan. Michigan State is seven. No idea why Michigan's over Michigan State. Um, it's like the games on the field don't always have to matter, I guess. But that's where they are. Then Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Wake Forest round out the top ten. Baylor, Ole Miss. Oklahoma falls all the way to 13 with the loss to Baylor. That feels like a punishment. That feels like you and I, all of us, all our college football fans, we've been looking at Oklahoma all year thinking that's a team that's going to lose soon. The committee felt the same way, and they kind of uh, cashed a bunch of checks at the same time and, and dropped them down to 13th. I don't think Oklahoma's out of it. Uh, they've got some games in front of them that, that I think could uh, could buoy them back towards the top. And and I don't I think an, an eleven and one or twelve and one I guess it would be um, Big Twelve champion Oklahoma team even though they're thirteenth now has a really good shot at getting in the playoffs but we'll see we'll see um, so that's that's that let's take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about conference championships if regular season matters if that's what we want. We want conference championships to matter. We're going to talk about who's in line, what has to happen, and there's some wild stuff in here. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's, let's get into that. Let's talk about conference championships. Full disclosure, pull back the curtain a little bit. Today, my thought was that I would go through all of the 10 FC, FBS, excuse me, conferences and go through the scenarios for their conference champions. I quickly realized some of these conferences are very, very complicated and I would be recording for an hour and a half, two hours. None of you wanted that today. So I, I, in the interest of keeping it closer to what I normally do, which is 30 to 45 minutes, I may go over that today because there's a lot here. I thought I would just go with the five Power Five conferences plus the American and go through their scenarios and also give you some games that will affect those conferences. Now, let's start with the American. That's the first one that I've got on my list here. American Athletic Conference. Houston is in. Um, it's funny. College football is so much fun because, you know, in baseball, traditionally, the best teams are the ones that clinch first, right? Uh, football for sure in the NFL. The better teams are the ones, the teams that are going 14 and 2, 15 and 1, uh, 13 and 3. Those are the teams that usually, usually clinch the earliest, clinch their divisions the earliest. Basketball too, especially in basketball, you know, the, the best teams are the ones that are clinching their playoff spots early. College football, because they have non conference games mixed in at various points of the season, um, sometimes the best teams aren't the ones that are necessarily clinched first. It's just a quirk of the schedule. Cincinnati is is a top five team. Houston just got into the play the uh, playoff rankings for the first time. Houston's already in for the American Athletic Conference. They are an eleven team conference, um, one division of eleven teams, and the top two teams get in. Houston's already in because they've played seven conference games. They're seven and zero. Then Cincinnati six and zero, and then there's SMU and ECU at four and two. Um, they um, because they have six games, Cincinnati has six games, Cincinnati has two games left against SMU and ECU. Um, that means that Cincinnati hasn't actually clinched their spot in the playoffs yet. So, Houston's in. Houston does have a game on Friday 
at 9 p.m., Memphis at Houston. That game really just matters for rankings. Rankings don't matter a whole heck of a bunch for 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 Houston uh, other than uh, where the game will be played because this game, they don't have a site. They play at home on a home field. But um, the only way the rankings would matter is if Houston and Cincinnati are tied. If Houston and Cincinnati are tied, that probably means they're both undefeated. And if they're both undefeated, Cincinnati's going to be ranked higher. So Cincinnati will, will be the home team. So um, that's a little bit more information than you really needed, but that's the situation. Houston still wants to win this game. They want to be ranked. They want to come into the conference championship game 11-1. They want all the momentum in the world. They, they want big things for themselves. And potentially... If they keep winning and they beat Cincinnati in the in the conference championship game, particularly, they would be in great position to maybe get one of the big uh, New Year Six bowls. That's still on the table for them, I think. So they want to keep winning. So that game's at uh, nine on Friday. That has no conference ramifications. What does Saturday at three thirty on ESPN? SMU at Cincinnati. All right. If Cincinnati Cincinnati has two shots to get into the playoffs or to get not in the playoffs to get into the conference championship game, obviously if they want to make the playoffs they have to win every game the rest of the year, and probably have to put some points up against SMU or ECU. They probably have to put some some impressive points on on the board. But 3:30 ESPN on Saturday if Cincinnati wins that they they're facing Houston in the conference championship game and that probably solidifies that not only will they be in it they'll be hosting it probably. Um, SMU and ECU, if they win out and Cincinnati, yeah, if they win out, they will be in a tie, a three-way tie with Cincinnati, and then it would go to college football rankings. I, I don't know how this would work because there's a chance if SMU and ECU win out, neither one of them might get ranked. SMU maybe. And then Cincinnati, they'll probably fall out of the rankings if they lose twice. So I don't know what happens there. Now, obviously, if, let's say, SMU beats Cincy on Saturday, um, but ECU loses on Saturday and then beats Cincinnati, uh, then uh, SMU would go. I mean, the, you, you understand how tiebreakers work. I'm not going to break down that one because that one's one of the simpler ones. Trust me. Um, but so, anyway, Houston's in for the American. If you care about conference championship games, if you claim – that you want the regular season to matter. Well, Cincinnati versus SMU at 3.30 on Saturday is a big game. If Cincinnati wins, they're in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. So there's that. In all likelihood, we're looking at Houston and Cincinnati in that one. The ACC is a bit of a mess, but is not as big of a mess as we're going to see later. Um, I will say this. I've done my best, folks, to sit down and pour over the tiebreakers and the results and who beat who and who needs to win what and get you the actual scenarios. But there's a chance I got some of these wrong. And there's a chance that by the time you listen to this, some of these situations will have changed because there are a couple of games this week. Um, or, or, or there are a couple of Thursday and Friday games this week. So I don't think any of them affect the playoffs or affect these things. But just all that to say... If you're listening and you're like, well, that's not right, find me on Twitter, at JTIMM684. Let me know which one I got wrong, but I, I did my best to try to get these right. The ACC Atlantic. I told you I was going to talk about this one, and here we are. Um, Wake Forest, if they beat Clemson at noon on Saturday on ESPN, 
they are that is at Death Valley. Wake Forest wins the division. Now this game is one that gets positioned such on the ACC calendar that Clemson beating Wake Forest has been the game that got them into the ACC championship game several times over the last decade. It feels like beating Wake has been the one that clinched the division a lot. So it would be cool for Wake Forest. I'm a Clemson fan. I don't want to see it. But it would be cool for Wake Forest to be able to beat Clemson to clinch. That would be cool for them. Um, If Clemson beats Wake, that's Clemson's last conference game. What we have right now, Wake is at 6-0, Clemson's at 5-2, NC State's at 4-2. So, Clemson can win the division if they beat Wake on Saturday, Wake loses to Boston College, and NC State takes a loss in either of their last two games. Because that would put uh, Clemson at two losses with Wake Forest and a win over Wake Forest to boot. And Clemson would be in. Um, NC State plays Syracuse at 4 p.m. on Saturday on the ACC Network. So, then they play North Carolina the next week. But Clemson just needs NC State to lose one of the last two games. Because a three-way tie, NC State wins the division because it goes from division record Uh, And then with division record, you would have NC State and Clemson tied. And then then it would go down to -to head-to-head where NC State beat Clemson. So, um, those are kind of the three teams that can win the Atlantic. So, the two big games to watch there, again, Wake Forest versus Clemson, noon on ESPN. Uh, and, And Wake, again, has two shots to win this division. If they lose to Clemson on Saturday and then beat Boston College the following Saturday after Thanksgiving, Wake Forest wins the division. So... But the simplest thing is, if Wake beats Clemson at noon on Saturday, Wake wins the division. That'll be fun for them. The Coastal, all right? Pitt is in with a win on Saturday at 3.30 on ESPN2 against Virginia. Pitt wins that game. They win the division. And they would face the winner of the Coastal or the Atlantic in Charlotte. If Virginia wins out, which obviously includes that win over Pitt and then a win over Virginia Tech, Virginia wins the division. Uh, Pitt can also win the division, by the way, if Pitt takes that loss on Saturday, beats Syracuse, and then Virginia beats Virginia Tech. No, Virginia Tech... Or, sorry, excuse me. Pitt can also get in if they beat Syracuse and Virginia loses to Virginia Tech. That's another way Pitt can get in. Virginia's in if they win out. If there's a three-way tie, there's some results there that can get us a three-way tie with Pitt, Virginia, Virginia Tech. If that happens, Virginia Tech will be in due to their division record. This is interesting because that means if Virginia Tech wins two games, they will have fired their coach, Justin Puente, in a season when they won the Coastal, and went to the ACC championship game. That's weird. If it's a tie with Miami, where Miami, uh, Virginia, and Pitt are in the in the three-way tie, based on head-to-head results, Virginia would get in 
and would face the winner of the Atlantic. Uh, big game for this whole scenario is Miami or Virginia Tech. Both of them have three losses in the conference. They play at 7.30 on Saturday on the ACC Network. The winner of that game is still alive to potentially be in a three-way tie. Maybe. By that point, obviously, uh, Pitt and Virginia will have already played. We'll know if a three-way tie is still possible. And at that point, it'll tell us which of those teams could be in the three-way tie. So, that if you're keeping track at home, wait, Clemson and NC State are still alive on one side. Pitt, Virginia, and Virginia Tech are still alive on the other side. Miami is alive in that they can force a three-way tie, but by my count, they cannot win the division. So they can't get to the playoffs. Um, not the playoffs. They certainly can't get to the playoffs. But they can't get to the conference championship game. So that wraps up the ACC. Now, let's talk about the Big 12. The Big 12 has... Um, <laughs> Increasing degrees of complication, and that, that becomes a theme as we move through these conferences. The simplest teams that are in are Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Either of them win out, they're in. That simple. They're the teams that are in control of their own destiny in the Big 12. Oklahoma wins out. They have uh, Iowa State on Saturday. And then they have Bedlam the next week, which is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State for the uninitiated. Um, if Oklahoma beats Iowa State at noon, that's the big noon kickoff on Fox. If Oklahoma beats Iowa State there, um, well, what that does is that eliminates Iowa State. Iowa State is the fourth team. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. When Oklahoma beats Ohio State or if they beat Iowa State, that would eliminate Iowa State, and then it becomes an Oklahoma-Oklahoma State-Baylor situation where um, it, it kind of gets a little simpler there because Baylor plays Kansas State on Saturday. If Baylor beats Kansas State, and then the next week, Baylor has Texas Tech. So that Baylor-Kansas State game is at 530 on FS1. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, either of them is in with a win out. What Baylor needs to happen to get in is they need to win out and they need Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma at Bedlam. Because if they get in a tie with Oklahoma State, they can't win. Um, if there's a three-way tie between Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State, it gets a little complicated. Um, because of the, the Big 12 tiebreakers are a little wonky. I believe what I've figured out is that if K-State is the team that beats Baylor, then that means Iowa State would get in. So that, I think, I think. Iowa State is also win, if they win out, Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and Baylor loses out. So, there's a couple of ways that Iowa State can get, kid in, can get in. But the big thing is, the big games you need to watch this weekend that are going to affect the Big 12. Because the Big 12 has some wonky tiebreakers, folks. And this one comes into play in a couple of these, but it could really come into play for um, the Big 12. Is this, you know, you're used to in a three-way tie, if it's Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State, we just look at, at which of those teams, how they did against each other. Well, with that conference, it could get to the point where you're adding in the fourth place team. So it's, or the fifth place team at this point. So at that point, you would start to have, it would just depend on who that fifth place team is. If it's, if it's Kansas State, 
um, then it shapes the, the tie one way. If it ends up being Texas Tech, it shapes the conversation another way. So what you need to know for this week is the biggest, most important game for this conference this week, there's, there's three of them, three of the five, actually. Uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma wins that. Iowa State is out of the picture, and it becomes Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or Baylor. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, that's at 8 o'clock on Fox. Oklahoma State wins that. They stay alive for the Big 12. And then Baylor, um, Kansas State. Baylor beats Kansas State. They stay in the mix. If Baylor loses on Saturday and the other two win, Bedlam, it's not irrelevant because the the winner at that point would, would still be in the playoff hunt and the loser would be out, but they would just be turning around and playing each other the next week. Um because at that point, Baylor Baylor will be all the way out of the picture, pretty much. So, that's the Big 12 in a nutshell. It's hard to put it in a nutshell because there's a lot to it. But that's really what it comes down to. This Saturday, there's three games shape what goes on going forward. The Big 10 could be real simple, could get real complicated. We'll start with the Big 10 East. Ohio State, they went out there in. They can also get in if um, they beat Michigan State and Michigan loses. So they don't have to necessarily win out. Again, if, if Ohio State beats Michigan State, and that's the biggest game in the conference, one of the biggest games in the country, number seven Michigan State, number four Ohio State in Columbus, Saturday at noon on ABC. Winner of that game is in a great position. If Michigan State wins that game, they're even in a bigger position because they win out, they win the division, and in week 13, they play Penn State. Not that Penn State's a pushover. We know that Penn State is a little bit more talented than that 6-4 and four record, but Ohio State and Michigan both have to win out, and that includes beating each other. Michigan State doesn't have to do that. If they can just get past Ohio State, they're already across the, the Michigan hurdle. Not that Ohio State's going to be easy to beat, but if they can just do that, they have a much easier task ahead of them next week. And then, of course, Michigan, they've got to win out, and they need Michigan State to lose. Either Ohio State or um, Penn State doesn't matter to Michigan. They just need Michigan State to lose. Because if Michigan wins out, but Michigan State also wins out, Michigan State wins the division because they beat Michigan. Much as the committee wants to forget that, that's still the truth. The other side, the West, Wisconsin is in with the, if they win out. Wisconsin plays Nebraska on Saturday. They should win that one. Iowa is in with a win out and a Wisconsin loss. Because the, those standings in the in the West, Wisconsin's five and two, Iowa's five and two, Minnesota's four and three, Purdue's four and three. Minnesota is in if they win out, and they also need Iowa to lose. Reason being, Minnesota lost to Iowa last week, 27-22. to But if they won out, they'd be beating Wisconsin, so that would give them the win over Wisconsin. They also beat Purdue earlier in the year. So the only team that they could be tied with, I think Illinois, I think technically still has a chance, but I'm just going to rule them out of this. Because the, if, if they're getting in, things are getting screwy. Um, but... Minnesota's in if they win out and Iowa loses. Purdue needs a lot of help. They don't really have the tiebreaker over anybody other than Iowa. They need a good bit of help, but they're still in the mix. 
if there's some three-way tie scenarios, if it's if it's Wisconsin or if it's Iowa, Purdue, or Minnesota, and Minnesota together, Minnesota wins. If it's Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin wins. If it's Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin wins. Wisconsin has the edge. They have the tiebreaker over um, several of the teams already because they 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 haven't played Minnesota yet, but they played and beat Iowa. They played and beat Purdue. They also played and beat Illinois if Illinois gets into the mix. So Wisconsin has the upper hand. If they win out, they're in. There's also other scenarios, obviously, where they're, if they lose a game, they're still in. Um, but the, the, they they just need to handle business. The biggest games for the Big Ten West on Saturday, none of them play each other, really. Uh, Minnesota's got Indiana at, at 3.30 on the Big Ten Network. Nebraska has Wisconsin, or Wisconsin has Nebraska, 3.30 on ABC. Um, Iowa plays Illinois. Obviously, if Iowa beats Illinois in that one at 2 p.m. FS1, that fully knocks Illinois out of the mix completely. Purdue plays Northwestern. All of them just need to win those games to stay in the hunt um, or, or to stay in control if you're Wisconsin or Iowa. Either one of them can win if they if they lose, I believe. <laughs> but they, they really can't afford... Uh, they, they lose control in the division if, if they lose on Saturday. So, that gives us a total of, I believe, seven, maybe eight teams in the mix for the Big Ten. So, really, I mean, you're looking at, there's the only game in the whole conference that has no ramifications at all for the, the Big Ten title. Two weeks from the end of the season, folks. We're this week and next week, and that's it. There are one, two, three, four, five, six Big t- six of the seven Big Ten games on Saturday have an impact or could have an impact on the conference race. That's so much fun. And again, I'm not going to re- beat this dead horse again, but every game that I'm talking about having conference title ramifications, if we had a 12-team playoff bracket, would also have playoff ramifications. So think about that when you think about all these games I'm listing. All of them would potentially have playoff ramifications. Every last one. That's a lot of fun. With that, let's move on to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is actually relatively straightforward. Oregon wins either of the next two games. They play Utah on Saturday. That's a really big game. 7.30 on ABC. Utah wins, or Oregon wins either one of these games. First against uh, Utah and then against Utah or Oregon State in the Civil War the next Saturday. Oregon wins either one of those. They win the Pac-12 North. If we get to a three-way dance, right now the standings are Oregon at 6-1, Washington State at 4-3, Oregon State at 4-3. Obviously, if Oregon State can make it where it's just them and Oregon at 4-3, that will mean they've beaten Oregon. Oregon State wins the division. So obviously, for them, they got to make sure they beat Arizona State on Saturday. That's at 10.30 on ESPN. That's your Pac-12 After Dark special if you want to watch that. Um, Oregon State, if they can win both of their games and they can if they can win both of their games and get Oregon to lose to Utah, Oregon State wins the division. I think if it's a three-way dance between Oregon State, Oregon, and Washington State, if all three of them finish with three losses, pretty sure Washington State wins that, virtue of the tiebreakers. That's one I'm, I'm unsure about. I tried to search on the internet and see if I could find somebody else who could confirm that for me. 
But I'm pretty sure, based on the tiebreakers, based on the records, and how all that shakes out, who won what, what games within the division, I think Washington State would have the upper hand in that three-way dance. But again, Washington State would have to win out. That would mean beating Arizona Friday night. Arizona's 1-9, so fair chance of that. And then beating Washington in the Apple Cup next Friday, right after Thanksgiving. If they win both of their games, they get Oregon State to win both of their games, and Oregon wins both of their games. Oregon loses both of their games. Excuse me. You're looking at uh, a Washington State win in the Pac-12 North, I think. So that means that this week, the big games for the Pac-12 are Oregon-Utah, Arizona State, Oregon State, and Washington State, Arizona. All three of those games you can watch. Well, the Pac-12 Network, if you get that, Friday at 9 p.m. So that's the Pac-12 North. In the Pac-12 South, Utah, like Oregon, has two shots to get in because they have a two-game lead over Arizona State. Arizona State is 5-2. and two. The only other team that could tie them is UCLA. Uh, they could tie them by record, but UCLA lost to Utah and Arizona State. So... UCLA cannot win the division. It would then go to Arizona State if it's a three-way tie. Um, actually, excuse me, Utah would be in with a three-way tie. I'm sorry. I don't think that's right. That's what I wrote down, but I don't think that's right. Because in, a, in, the, in the event of a three-way tie, Utah would have wins over... Excuse me. I was right. Utah has win over Arizona State, and Utah beat UCLA. So Arizona, Utah gets in in a three-way tie. Utah gets in, obviously, in a two-way tie with Arizona State. The only way that anybody but Utah can win that division is if Arizona State wins out and Utah loses out. So Arizona State would have to beat, I'm really sorry for being a mess with this, Arizona State uh, beats Oregon State on Saturday, and the next week beats Arizona, which is obviously not incredibly unbelievable, and they get Utah to lose to Oregon and then also lose to Colorado on the Friday after Thanksgiving on Fox. At that point, Arizona State would be in. So this really doesn't add any games to our Pac-12 list. It's still Arizona-Washington State, Utah, Oregon, and Arizona State, Oregon State. And that Utah-Oregon game is going to punch one of their tickets. The winner of that game will be in. The loser will have a little work to do. So that's the Pac-12. Man, we are making really great time. I thought this would take a lot longer to sort out, but it has not. So that's a pleasant surprise, right? Let's talk about the SEC. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking that the SEC is as cut and dry as this situation could possibly be. And in a way, it is. Because Georgia is one of two teams in the country that has already sealed their conference title spot. That's right, folks. With two weeks in the regular season, which includes some non-conference games, right? Not everybody has two conference games left. Mississippi State doesn't. Um, in the SEC... Uh, Georgia doesn't have any conference games. Kentucky doesn't have any conference games. Tennessee only has one. South Carolina only has one. Florida only has one. Um, Mississippi State only has one. Texas A&M only has one. LSU only has one. Right? 
So all of the, that's that's an awful lot of teams that that don't have a that don't have a lot of uh, conference play left, and still only two teams in the whole country have locked up their conference title spots: Houston and Georgia. And in the West, you're probably thinking Alabama's got this locked up, right? And and uh, we've got a lot of reason to think they do. Um, Alabama's at five and one. Mississippi State's four and two, and then you got four teams at three at, at, with three losses: Mississippi State and Texas A&M at four and three. Auburn and Arkansas at three and three. Now, Bama has two shots to get in: winning on Saturday against Arkansas or winning against Auburn in the Iron Bowl the following weekend would put Alabama two losses at worst. That means the only team that could tie them is Ole Miss. And Alabama beat Ole Miss, so Alabama's in. So Alabama has two shots to get in. They're in the same position that Oregon and Utah are in. Alabama wins either of their last two games, and Alabama is in the SEC championship game against Georgia like all of us thought they would be all along. However, it's not a guarantee, right? So we have to talk about the other scenarios. If Alabama loses both of their games, both to Arkansas this weekend, that game, is at 3.30 on CBS, as can be expected. 21 Arkansas, number 2 Alabama. Then Alabama, of course, plays Auburn. That is on Saturday, November 27th. Time to be determined. Uh, I would expect, if especially if Alabama loses this week, that would be the 3.30 game. I can't imagine it not being the 3.30 game in any capacity. Because the only games that are undecided yet, as far as time, are Kentucky, Louisville, and Auburn, Alabama. So I don't know why. I would assume Auburn, Alabama is going to be that 3:30 CBS game, but they haven't set that in stone yet. So weird. Okay, so if Alabama loses both of those games to Arkansas and then Auburn, if Ole Miss wins out, which would mean um, winning this Saturday against Vanderbilt, which we assume they're going to do, against Vanderbilt at home, 7.30 on the SEC Network, and then wins the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night, 7.30, Ole Miss is in, right? So we need Ole Miss to get in. We need them to win out. We need Alabama to lose twice. Now, the simple thing beyond this would be to say, okay, well, what, what happens if Ole Miss loses in the Egg Bowl? What happens if Alabama loses both of their games to, to, settle, to settle down at 5-3 and three in the conference, and then Mississippi State beats Ole Miss? Well, at that point, you would assume a three-way tie. Alabama, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State, because we assume that Ole Miss is going to beat Vanderbilt, therefore they'd all three be five and three. Alabama wins that, by the way, because they beat both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Alabama goes to the SEC Championship game. But it would be hard to see where it would just be three teams because Texas A&M only has a game against LSU left. That's next weekend. We assume Texas A&M will win that game. So that, that puts us four-way tie. But by my math, based on the tiebreakers and whatnot, Alabama wins that too. But if Auburn beats Alabama 
which is how we part of how we would get here, we assume that Auburn would beat South Carolina this weekend. That game is at 7 p.m. on ESPN. And one more step, if Arkansas beat, if Arkansas beats Alabama this weekend, we assume that Arkansas will also beat Missouri next Friday, 3.30 on CBS. <laughs> so, if all that happens, and the most ridiculous thing that I've said so far is Alabama losing to Arkansas and Auburn, if, Arkan- if Alabama loses to Arkansas and Auburn and Mississippi State wins the Egg Bowl, there is a very good chance we'd be looking at a six-way tie in the SEC West. We're the only team that's not involved in the tie for first place in the division would be LSU. We would have a six-way tie between Alabama, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. And I think if that's the case, Auburn wins the division because you'd be looking at the first step would be records against each other. Auburn, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M. No, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Arkansas would all be three and two against that group. The other three would be two and three. Then you would do it again, and they're all one and one against each other, Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Then you do the division records of those three. I think, yes, you do the division record of those three is next, and then you have a tie between Auburn and Arkansas And folks, Auburn beat Arkansas. And that is how I think it would settle out that three-team or that six-team tiebreaker. Now, there's obviously ways like, let's say Auburn loses to South Carolina and then beats Alabama. That changes who wins the division because it'd be a five-way tie and all the calculus changes. I'm not getting into all that. But what I am going to tell you is that the simplest thing is Alabama winning either of the last two games. Then they win the division. Next simplest would be Bama loses both of those games. Ole Miss wins out. Ole Miss wins the division. Beyond that, we could see some chaos like we maybe have never seen in a single division in college football. And folks, I am here for it. So that's what I'll be cheering for. That's what you should be cheering for too. Unless you're an Alabama fan, at which point um, you're not cheering for that. But... Um, I'm cheering for it. So if you're cheering for that utter chaos, what you need to be looking at, this weekend, Arkansas-Alabama, we need Arkansas to win that one. That's the 3.30 CBS game. We need Auburn to beat South Carolina. That's at 7 on ESPN. We need Ole Miss to beat Vanderbilt. That's at 7.30 on the SEC Network. And that's that's all for this week. And then for the next week, we, well, we would cross that bridge when we came to it. Now, what do I expect to happen? I expect Alabama's just going to beat Arkansas on Saturday, and that's going to be the end of it. Um, and Alabama's going to face Georgia in the SEC championship game. So, I hope what you've gathered from all this is that if you're really interested in the regular season and you're really interested in who's going to win these conferences and you want these conference championship games to matter again, tune into these games and you got like 30 games to tune into. So, um, that's really all I have for today. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope this has been informative to you. I hope that it's kind of... Uh, pointed you in the right direction for this weekend and for uh, starting on Friday. Really, I don't think there's anything on Thursday of, of big note 
as far as this, other than Houston, Memphis, you know, that, that's a good appetizer, I guess. That's actually on Friday, though. So um, starting on Friday night and then really into Saturday, we've got lots of games to, to look at, to shape these conference titles, to shape the playoffs, and this could be really exciting this weekend. Hope you have a good one, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.